0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم al-Salat al-Salam alaikum wa alaikum wa alaikum wa alaikum wa 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 So this is the last official session of this Blessed Book of the Ahluluddin, Book 36, on Mahabba, Love, Longing, shok, Intimacy, uns, and Contentment of Allah. And all three of those, and there's others, are fruits of Mahabba. And so, muhabba is the ultimate goal of religion. It's the ultimate goal of life. It's the ultimate goal of the spiritual path. And then, when someone achieves that, what comes after that are fruits that relate to it. And so, we briefly touched upon shulk and unth, longing and intimacy, and what that means in relation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the greatest fruit muhabba is rila, is contentment. And we oftentimes speak about rila, contentment, in relation to how we respond to the divine decree of Allah. And so it's just very interesting to know that the highest station of all When it comes to this thing, i.e., contentment, is diametrically opposed to the main reason that people actually become atheists and disbelieve in God. At the heart of the problem of evil ultimately is objecting, objecting to the divine decree, questioning the divine decree. At the heart of the highest station of being is realizing your servitude and submitting wholeheartedly to the divine decree and so again you' hear me say this so many times it was like just please stop saying okay I agree with you what is more relevant to bring to the modern world than this what is more relevant to bring to the modern world than the, to these meetings and it's that you could discuss these issues rationally and develop arguments and so forth that's one thing. But more important that, than that, because that's really the first step, if that ever really even convinces people, which rarely it does. But really, it's about healing them and, and curing those ailments that they have. And this is the cure right here. This is it. Because, keep in mind, this is one of the maqamat al yaqin. It's a station of certainty. So it is a fruit, ultimately, of certitude. In Allah Ta'ala, in all of the spiritual struggle that you put in based upon that servitude, but it also goes hand in hand with increasing your certitude by actualizing it. So, servitude is the source of it, but then when you experience its fruit, it also reinforces and increases the servitude that you already have. And, as said, covered in the previous session the basic way that we approach the understanding of Allah. And we're going to be focusing more on what it means for the servant to have Allah, to be content with Allah. And he says here in this chapter that you just took, we're going to mention its true nature. But I wanted to repeat because of its importance, to reiterate, what does it mean for Allah Ta'ala to be pleased with his servants to be content with his servants and it of course is going to relate to muhabba love because it's one of the, its the greatest fruit of love <coughs> and so that to look at what he says here there is no degree higher than being granted a gaze upon his noble countenance and so then, when Allah Taala says to them, "Ask me for what you wish," those that truly know what do they ask for? They block. They ask for His contentment And what he al is He says here is so incredibly beautiful. Why did they do that? Because that's the means for perpetually gazing upon the noble countenance of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So. The secret of contentment in relation to how we experience Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's good pleasure towards us or have been content with us is Dawam and nazar, perpetually gazing upon the noble countenance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when this is experienced by the people of paradise, this is the only pleasure of paradise that they really want. So they ask Allah ta'ala for it. And they realize is that contentment is the means for the veil being lifted eternally and never coming back. What a beautiful deen we have. If that mean is not beautiful, what is beautiful? That is amazing. That is just absolutely amazing. Um, deep means. And it's a good sign when our hearts love those means, and we love to talk about those means. And of course, we have to follow up and do work to attain those means. So, when we speak about the human being, Imam al Azadi, uh, the human beings being content with Allah Jalla Jalla. He presents his discussion by saying those that say in, that when you experience the bitterness of divine decree, all you can do is be patient and there's nothing else. He says this is not the case. And he brings forth a number of different examples that shows how, no, you can actually Experience something that is distasteful and have a response that is beyond sabr. Sabr patience is important. That's where we have to begin. But then, and that's why it's one of the preconditions of contentment, because it's a precondition of Muhabba. But then there's something beyond that. And he mentions this possibility in relation to two things. He says The first, when you experience something distasteful, when it is coming that from your beloved specifically, or that from just something that you're doing, there's two things that might happen. First, is that it might actually be that you don't feel the pain. Okay? And he gives the example of the person who's in combat fighting and just to uh, distill it a little bit you can imagine someone who's defending themselves when you get an adrenaline rush and you're defending your life it very well might be that someone has injured you injured you but you don't feel it that they might have excuse me for being graphic stabbed you or something and you actually don't even realize that you've been stabbed because of the adrenaline, because of your life is on the line and you're trying to protect yourself. And so in the moment, you don't feel it because of your state. And so how did that happen? This is an example that we can see of something that happens in creation. There's reasons that that happens, but it's possible for there to be a state where there's pain that comes to you you, but you don't feel it. And what is happening there is because of being so preoccupied with defending yourself, you didn't actually feel the pain. And the same thing is, he says here, it's possible for someone to be so overwhelmingly focused on their beloved that some type of pain comes to them, but they don't feel it as a result. They're so absorbed. And he says, then as well, another aspect of this is that someone might feel the pain, perceive that it is uncomfortable, but at the same time still be content with it. Still actually not want the pain, but be fine with the fact that they're in pain, even though that they're their nature dislikes pain. Naturally, we obviously don't like to be to have pain. This is the part of how we are wired. We're wired to that acquire pleasure and to ward off pain. And so he gives the example of someone who goes to the doctor. If you have to get a surgery that you know that is necessary to that for some reason, depending upon the injury, you know that it's going to be painful, but it's something that you are content with because you know that it's going to lead to better health. That if you hurt your knee, that you know that if you do that knee surgery, that you will that be able to do what you previously were able to do before that knee injury and so forth and so on. So you are happy to go through that pain as a result. And this is what I was thinking more than one person uh, asked yesterday in the uh, interactive session about the first sign that Allah loves His servant, which was tribulation, and it is a hard one on both sides. People ask about that, and it, the the sense really was, and they were just being honest. And many of us feel like that. So I thank them for bringing this up. It's like mm, that's I want a Allah to love me, but tribulation. <coughs> Like, who wants to be in a state of pain? Or maybe even, why? And um, I was thinking about it yesterday, and, and the following came to me. It relates ultimately to healing. And this very meaning right here, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to put us in a state of pain for no reason. There's a no reason behind it. There's something that we need, that to acquire. There's something that we need to uh, that achieve as a result of it, or to get as a result of it. And again, if we put it into perspective with other things we experience in our worldly life, we happily go through difficulty to achieve things. And. If you ask someone, I mean, there might be one in a hundred people who or a thousand or less that enjoyed medical school. Like, did you enjoy medical school? Like, did you enjoy law school? Did you enjoy that going to boot camp? Did you enjoy training for that job of some sort? And all of these other types of things. Did you actually enjoy those moments of working out four hours a day to get in condition you your training to run a marathon or whatever? Yeah, I mean, the point is... The training itself is bitter. It's difficult. But we happily do it because we know that there's going to be that good that comes in the end. And I think tribulation can be seen in the same way. One, it serves the purpose of severing our attachment to this world where you realize we weren't meant to live here. And that's the greatest reminder of all. Is tribulation, seeing people die, and then other types of tribulation. Wow, we weren't meant to be here eternally. We were meant to be here for a period of time and then we move on. And tribulation severs that natural inclination to enjoy this world. And secondly, there's benefits that come through that come through that tribulation of things that we need for the spiritual path. And were we to see the benefits that come our way Through those tribulations Were it to be unveiled We would want Allah Ta'ala to give us greater tribulations And that's hard to believe But it's true We would be given We would want even more difficult tribulations And there's something very important here When you and I want to progress spiritually And draw near to Allah Ta'ala we have to know the spiritual path is not linear. Another way of speaking about that idea is that it's not going to happen in the way that we think it's going to happen. And on the contrary, it usually happens in ways that we least think or never even crosses our mind, such that we sometimes are even confused. Wait a second, I'm trying to do better, I'm trying to get myself together, I'm trying to draw near to my Lord, and then this happens. And sometimes it's beyond our reference of, wait, I, that just seems to be, I, I don't know how to process that. Why did that happen to me? Why did, I, I'm trying to, and this is what happened. It usually happens in ways that we least expect. And Allah will put us in those situations. And if we see it as being from Allah and try to understand the wisdom in it, There could be something that we need. And sometimes these things are short-lived and then we move on very quickly. And sometimes certain things will stay with us for a long period of time. Sometimes three or four decades, there might be just something that we have to deal with. And yes, if we can do something outwardly to get ourselves out of some type of pain that we are experiencing, whether it's physical or psychological, whatever. You don't just say, okay, I'm content, I'm not, we're gonna talk about that. I'm not going to get myself out of the situation. No, you get yourself out of that situation. However, um, sometimes no matter what you do outwardly, it stills theirs with you. So this is why this dimension is so important. The other example he mentions is someone that is like a businessman. In those days, they were a merchant. So they go and buy merchandise and then they travel and they sell their merchandise. And think in the pre-modern world how difficult it was without modern transportation to go purchase things. And then you have camels and donkeys and you're traveling with a caravan or whatever else and all of the dangers and so forth. And then you saw in all of that, you're perfectly fine with those sleepless nights and how tired you are because there's profit that comes at the end. And you're perfectly content to go through all those difficulties because of what happens at the end. And so these are the two ways that Imam al Azadi opens up the door for us through understanding their metaphors in our day-to-day lives and how we can then apply this to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the first one points to where we become that in such a deep state of submission and even love for our Lord, where things that other people find painful are not as painful for us. Because we're preoccupied. And so imagine if instead of medication, meds, you just had a perpetual state of mahabba of your Lord in your heart. It wasn't just like a flash, where it was like you would just say well you love your Lord and your meds was dhikr of Allah Ta'ala and I don't want to oversimplify because there's people that might need meds but I actually know people of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the teacher my teacher that they wanted to um, that, uh, put him under for a surgery and he said no he said that He gave them, he said, give me this amount of time. And he started making vicar. And he said, when such and such thing happens, perform the surgery. And they performed the surgery without anesthesia. This is not, this is someone who lived like recently, not too long ago. He's the teacher of our teacher. And um, this is very real, that they were so, they had an ability, and that's obviously a very lofty state, but. If we can encourage people, this is very, very beneficial. And there are many that people that were this door to open up and They actually wouldn't need what so many of these other people need. And they become addicted to and and all the problems that are caused for that uh, as a result. And so then Imam you know, Lazani mentioned some of these beautiful statements. And um, again, some of these are tough. But they're there for us to understand and then slowly implement over time. So Imam Al Janaid says that he asked, Sariya Sapati, does the lover find the pain of bala, of tribulation? And then he said to him, no. The true lover? No. Even if he's that sliced with a sword or struck with a sword. And he says, na'am. When in Durba, the said, He said, even if he struck by a sword 70 times, that blow upon blow. See Now, there's definitely no claims being made there. Where are we with that? That doesn't sound like it's a very tasteful thing to be struck with a sword. But this is possible. And this is the point of i mentioning. This is that it's possible that... Shakake al balkhi he says, Man la Whoever really sees and witnesses the reward of difficulty, shiddah is that he doesn't want to be out of that state. And this is the amazing thing, is that the companions of the Prophet وسلم, were described as actually preferring to be in a state of hardship rather than ease which is really strange to think about that they had conditioned themselves from the tarbiyah of Sayyidina Muhammad such that they would rather be in a state of hardship because they knew ease was going to follow but if they were in a state of ease they knew that hardship was going to follow and by being in that state of hardship they learned to be the way, the way they needed to be internally to meet their Lord in a good state. And so one example of that, and I can't remember if it was in class or in the interactive session, someone brought up about fasting. And this is one of the great examples. Fasting, when you are refraining from food and drink and other things, there's no... uh, There is nothing else you can do When you're in that state, other than be patient. And if you constantly think about food and drink, then it becomes almost unbearable. And if you just keep looking at your mouth, I have another 10 hours, another 9 hours, 8 hours still. And then you're thirsty, you're hungry, you have a headache, and you start thinking about what you're going to eat for it. It becomes difficult. But if you can get beyond the pangs of hunger and the difficulty of not of being thirsty, and you can preoccupy yourself with something else, where you can start to incline internally towards the state of samadhi, i.e., that angelic-like state of not needing food or drink, of enjoying the remembrance of Allah, not, not having things that impede you from states of purity internally. Then your fast is very different. And you can do that. You can work on that. And I guarantee you, try it this Ramadan. It's coming up in just over two months. Make a du'a to Allah that He allows you to move up in a of fasting this year. Where in those moments when you're like, this is difficult, I have a headache, I'm struggling, I want what I would normally to do what I normally would do on another day, ask Allah ta'ala to add to. That give you tofik to start to experience the sweetness of fasting. Where you start to that be internally the way that the fast is meant to teach you to be, even when you're not fasting. And so this is why they mentioned that the owya oh yeah, for them, they're always fasting. Not like refraining from food, but their approach to the world is that. They're fasting. So that same state that we're in of fasting and refraining from certain things, that's their whole approach to the whole world every day of their life is trying to be in that state despite being in the world and everything and all that goes along with that still. They maintain their state, but that requires that spiritual training, and that we work on it. He also mentions another example in the story of Sayyidina Yusuf of the women who cut their hands as a result of his his beauty. And he mentions multiple stories of this nature. And his whole point is, is that you could actually do something that you don't notice in the moment because you're preoccupied with something else. And so he says, after mentioning some of these stories, so that if you think deeply about these stories, you will then come to know, because we see them in creation, being content with what goes against what we wish and what we want is not impossible. On the contrary, is that it is one of the great stations of this deen. And in fact, it is the greatest of all of the stations. And he says, That if this is possible in relation to creation, of course, it's possible in relation to the Creator. And it's possible from two aspects. And the first is being content with the Adam, the pain of what you're experiencing in the moment because of the reward that you hope that comes as a result. And so here he mentioned like when you go to a doctor that you subjugate yourself to a situation where it's painful and hopes of healing he says and then the higher of the two is where you are content not because of something that you're going to get from being content but because it is the murad it is the will of your beloved and you're content with it because your 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 beloved that caused that to happen and that is even higher So, do we have any questions when it comes to this, and then we're going to treat just a couple issues that might, that need to be discussed in relation to the uh, to, to, to contentment. How do we understand du'a? And how do we understand things like calling to good and for being evil? Uh, how do we understand bad things that happen in the world? And how does that relate to contentment? And does contentment mean that we just let everything happen and don't do anything about it? This is a really important topic that we touch upon regularly in different classes and in different settings. But are there any questions about contentment before we wrap things up with that? So we're going to talk about Dua, yeah, that's it, we'll talk about Dua next. to, I don't know if OBE is eloquent, but um, uh, essentially, we have natural processes whereby which we process pain, difficulties that we go through, or even trauma. And um, especially if things happen to us suddenly. And these stations don't negate those natural processes that happen. And um, we have to do two things, know what is possible, secondly, know where we're at. And just as it's a mistake to do too little, you're cutting yourself short, it's a mistake to also think that we're somewhere where we're not. And so it is important to build our foundation strong and to slowly implement this mature over the course of our life. So if we all of a sudden think that this means, and thank you for this clarification, um, that something bad happens that normally would make us cry. And we're like, no, I'm not going to cry because I need to be content. Um, That actually might not be the best thing to do. And that the natural body response to it, or the psychological response to it, letting it run its course, within limits, within the, the boundaries of the Sharia, is something that is important. And yes, it's possible for someone over a longer period of time with a lot of spiritual training to do things what other people can't do. Just as a professional athlete, that a professional basketball player can take certain shots and do certain things that a novice, if they would do that, they'd be sitting on the bench because they know what they're doing and they've done it so much. And likewise, people that have a lot of experience, it might be different for them. And this is really why we mention this, is this is what we want to work towards. Because the healthier we are at the realm of the spirit, the healthier we will be at every dimension of health. And then even if we become sick physically, will be prepared to be able to deal with that because of our spiritual health. So having spiritual health doesn't mean that you're never going to be sick physically. No, you can still get sick physically, and it's likely that you will. However, what, how you would approach that would be very different. So while we're still in this process, we can't deny these natural processes it's exactly like you, so we have to let them run the course. If you're feeling super constricted and you don't want to talk to people at a certain juncture in your life, you can't fight that. You have to let it run its course. That if you are that really sad about something that happened, that let it run its course within limits, right? And so what we want to avoid is extremes, where that you don't want to fight the natural process if depending upon where you are in, this, in these stages of progression, and at the same time that you don't want it to get out of control either. We have to know when to actually okay i pull the reins in and i'm not fighting the process but now i need to just really focus on something else to make sure that it doesn't go lead to another extreme so i think that's a very important point mm-hmm. it seems like maybe there's an um, example of this in the sirah when the prophet Sallallahu is dying he's, dying, he's crying does he you too Rasulullah? So right. We are sad that your departure was, uh, is we're not doing anything except what's pleasing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, and that's even like, right? the eye tears, and the heart grieves. But we only say that which pleases our Lord. Right. So allowing for the natural process within the realm of the Sharia. Thank you. Anyone else? Any other quick questions? Sorry, I always have to be quick. This is not a quick topic. It takes a long time. Right? Just a really quick question. So is uh, contentment really acceptance with the demand technique, uh, but it's not complacency? So like, you could be trying to do X, and you get knocked down, you're happy with it. I mean, you're, you're happy a lot faster, but then you continue to do it. Okay, that's a, good, that's a good segue. That's what we're going to get into now. Yeah. Okay, as for du'a... How does du'a relate to things? I mean, this is actually very easy. That du'a is from the divine decree. Du'a is simply from the divine decree. In other words, du'a is not changing the divine decree. Du'a is from the divine decree. It was decreed that you would make du'a. It could be a reason that you actually get that thing. Every du'a is mustajab if you make it sincerely. Every du'a is answered if you make it sincerely. That doesn't mean you're always going to get what you want. You either will get what you want, or a tribulation will be warded off from you, or it will be saved for you until the afterlife. And actually, once we experience, they mentioned once we experience what is receiving, what is saved for the afterlife, we will wish that our du'as were never accepted in the world and we only got what we wanted in the afterlife. And we only receive the gifts of the afterlife. but every And this is why the essence of why we make du'a is because we've been commanded to do so. And when we make du'a for something that we know Allah wants from us, i.e. that we be people of taqwa, that we avoid ma'siyah for instance, you make du'a for the essence of the thing that you're asking. When we're asking for things that we're not sure 100% whether uh, that's what's best for us, or not. You always have in your heart what is called tough weed. You assign the affair over to Allah. So, in other words, if you're asking for a job and you don't really know, you think it's what's good for you, but you're not 100% sure. In your heart, you can ask for it, ya'rah. But in your heart, you still turn your affair over to Allah and say, Ya yeah Allah, this is what is best for me. Okay? So, um, going through any type of difficulty, whether it's difficulty in your health, or a difficult time in your life, or a relationship or anything like that, that making dua is not in conflict with accepting the Divine Decree and submitting to it and being content with it. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded us to make dua. And so... In your heart, you've accepted. This is the situation. Allah sent this to me. And then outwardly, you're also required to do what's best for your worldly and your religious life. So you combine between the two. And in your heart, you've submitted. This is Allah sent this to I'm content with the divine decree. You just heard that you have some type of illness. I'm content. That doesn't mean... That you don't make dua nor does that mean that you don't go receive treatment so the world of the asbab the means is one side of the coin the state of your heart is the other side of the same coin and so this is why we have Sharia and Hatika we have the outward and the inward we have law and we have spiritual realities this is why we have clay and spirit and the body That as human beings We have a physical body and we have a spirit And This makes us human Those two coming together even though That they are so different than each other And likewise Outwardly you do what your Lord wants you to do And inwardly you do what your Lord wants to do And this same thing applies To all of these other Bad things that we see happening in the world You have to look At Everything that has happened in the world, from two different perspectives simultaneously. One from the standpoint of reality, nothing happens except that Allah Taala, wa ta'ala wills it to happen. <laughs> Everything that happens happens by the divine will, but it doesn't mean that He's content with it. He gave human beings the ability to choose, so He will affirm that for them. So just because Allah Allows something to happen Doesn't mean that he's content with it So he's given us freedom of choice People do wrong You have to dislike any wrong that's done While at the same time submit to the fact That it is from the divine decree So all evil, all wrong in the world You have to hate it You have to dislike it You have to want it to be removed and it was it was part of the practice of Imam of the al Sharani he said he would as a part of his reflection daily he would imagine that he was he, he he made an intention in his heart that he would be a means of removal of all wrong that is happening in the world on a daily basis he says he would make an intention to want to benefit everyone in every way possible and from the blessing of intention if you do that and you do what is that you can you'll actually get the reward as if you've ward off any harm and difficulty and wrong from any person and you put an end to it and you'll get the reward for helping anyone in any way possible whoever those people are on the face of this earth and that opens up a door for you to draw near to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. La ilaha and this is why some of the closest people to Allah they might only mix with a few people outwardly but their intentions are so strong they are doing things internally in their heart in a very real way that have consequences outwardly all throughout the earth and this is real this is real and so anytime wrong happens anytime there we have to hate that wrong and we have to do whatever it is that we can to remove that wrong while simultaneously at the same time submitting to it from the standpoint of the divine decree and when you look at all of the terrible things that are happening to muslims worldwide there's two extremes there's apathy where people just don't care because they just want to eat and drink and play and that obviously is in conflict with what our Prophet taught. And then on the other hand, there's people who become so absorbed in that, it prevents them from functioning the way that they need to function. Or it leads them to doing something that the sharia has not permitted. Because if you hear so many stories, it's like it almost drives you crazy. And it could lead you to do something outward and our Prophet وسلم, gave us other ahadith that indicate these meanings to us that are so important. Is that our Prophet said al-dannah? Whoever kills someone that Muslims have a treaty with, even if they're not Muslim, they will not smell the scent of paradise. And there are some people that think by doing certain things that they're doing good for Islam or defending Islam. But they themselves, if they're not careful, might not ever smell the scent of paradise because of the imbalance of their perspective and their lack of ability to do this, i.e. see things from the standpoint of the sharia and the haqiqah and maintain that balance. And this... Now, how does it normally happen in relation to human beings? We fluctuate. But the key is when we... Have overwhelming concern for people Which we should we, There are still things that we can do And dua Never underestimate it And we're not really making dua until we're making dua Daily into Tahajr time Weeping to Allah Ta'ala Not just from time to time So people say is there anything else I can do other than dua We'll do dua first In the prophetic manner And then by rectifying yourself That's the best thing you can do For the whole ummah is to rectify yourself and prevent creating more harm. And prevent that bala coming to other people as a result of what you've done. And then do whatever Allah Ta'ala has permitted for you to do. And we have to simultaneously that do as much work as we can locally. And now it's a global world, so this means that sometimes it means that people's focus is in other places. But if everybody individually does their part, This is how true change is going to come. But if we panic and we get so overwhelmed by the incredibly difficult, and it's very easy for us to say that as cold as it is outside, we still have a $10,000 heater that's keeping us a little bit warm. We're in a very different predicament than most people on the face of this earth and the ease that we live. So it's very easy for us to say, may Allah Ta'ala bless us to really experience these meanings. Um, We can't let what's happening in the world cause us to do something that is is not pleasing to Allah Ta'ala. So everything that happens, we have to balance between seeing it from the standpoint of reality It's from Allah. And even if outwardly the face is evil, there's a divine wisdom in it. Guaranteed. And the more you focus on this, the more that those wisdoms will open up to you. And then outwardly you give it a judgment and that everything that happens around us in our own lives and the lives around us this is really the balance and this is why that doing mouth, striving towards the good taking the means to be a means of people's guidance that taking care of people's needs none of that of course is in conflict with submission to the divine decree that we've been required to do it so we do what we're supposed to do outwardly and we do what we're supposed to do inwardly and really in our time yeah people fall short because of their apathy outwardly but you might be able to argue Allahu A'la that people more people actually falling short inwardly in terms of how we should be in relation to our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala so um, okay inshallah I wanted to end on a Good note, that was kind of a, not disney, but another good note. And if you, you know, one of the things, if you really hear the stories of those people who are beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how they end, this is one of the most encouraging things that propels us to take this knowledge seriously and strive to learn it and to put it into practice so that it becomes our state. And a person will die according to the way that they live. What it is that we do on the day-to-day, this is what's important. In the end, what we need to do is to develop good habits, small things that we do, and be consistent in them. And then expand over a long period of time. And inshallah it will bear fruit. and. Even if we still get confused, even if we fall short, make a strong intention. And know that by putting, by struggling, Mujahideh, spiritual struggle, which is the backbone of traveling the spiritual path, things will become clear over time. And so if if there's ever a point where you're just confused about something, Speak to people, try to develop an understanding so that you're not confused. Don't try to remain confused. But know, but never let your confusion prevent you from doing what you can. Still exerting yourself. Because that exertion is the secret of divine guidance. And we all heard the verse. Those who strive for our sake, they do mujahada. What happens? We will surely guide them to our ways. <inaudible> you will receive divine guidance. And those that are sincere, even if they make a mistake in judgment, they are read the wrong book, or they connect to the wrong person, or something happens, still struggle. And from the blessing of that struggle for the sake of Allah, but look, you got to fulfill the first part. وَالَّذِينَ <inaudible> جَاهَدُوا it's not struggle for the sake of struggle فينا, For our sake Be sincere in it And then you will receive guidance And I don't even need to say that Because it's Quran It's right there And this is a promise of Allah And Allah Ta'ala la He will never let go back on his promises He will always fulfill his promises Subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you do that You will be guided You take the first step then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will open up doors for you. You draw near to Him a handspan; He will draw near to you an armspan, and so forth and so on. And when you read the stories of those that are beloved to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, there is no story, no story more beautiful than the story of our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu And in relation to contentment, no one reached degrees of contentment like He did Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He was the Habib of Allah, and he was the Imam of all of those who were that well-pleased and that were pleasing. And some of them uh, divide the the stations of the nafs into seven, and they add that other stations other than the ones that we normally think of, Ammarah, Nawama, and Mutma'innah. And they say that there's actually the three stages of souls after the Mutma'inna. And in between, before it is the mulhama and the Mutma'inna. And then you have the Radiyah and the Mardiyah. And then you have the Kamila. And the Radiyah and the Mardiyah are indicated in the words of Allah. Ya ayyaduhan nafsul Mutma'inna. O tranquil soul So that's the Nafsul Mutma'inna. Irji'eeda rabbik. That return to your Lord. That, then what does Allah Ta'ala say? مَرْضِيَةِ You're content and that Allah is content with you. You're and mar'di. There's law in terms of the individual and your are mar'di and Allah. And Allah is well pleased with you. And then you reach a degree of kamila and those, that's for the people of that shah to explain what that really means. But, one of the amazing things about our Prophet, he says, and his will was That the will of Allah. And his contentment was the contentment of Allah. What does that mean? Astaghfirullah. It sounds like it's very. It's Quran. Allah says, Allahu wa Rasuluhu, ahaqu and And so there's a mention of Allah and His Messenger. So Allah and His Messenger have more right for you to please. And yurduhu. Allah did not say in yurduhuma, even though what came in the verses. Allah and His messenger, and the commentators say this is This is because the contentment of the messenger is the contentment of Allah. Now, what does that mean? That means that Allah only. It doesn't mean that Allah follows the contentment of the messenger. Allah only allows his beloved to be content with that which he is content. And then the secret of that yasri Flows to the people That are connected to the Prophet <laughs> So say the Fatima The hadith that St. Andrew quoted at the Mawlid That Fatima is a piece of me What angers her angers me And what pleases her pleases me and literally, قَبَلْ is constricting. Fast is expanding. Meaning, that she was just like me. Everything I'm content with, she's content with. Allah gave her that secret. And, there are some of the elect of the inheritors of the Prophet said that this is passed down to on throughout the ages. And that's an affair in and of itself, and we should love those people, and love these conversations and so forth. But, what is... The amazing thing is Is that Allah speaks about The rida of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam In a way that no one else Ever attained that degree And it led Sayyidina Aisha to say Ya Rasulullah That What is it that I see that that la yusadak fi ridah Your Lord hastens To please you That's what she said She says your Lord is hastening to please you and so what does Allah Ta'ala say in the Qur'an? Is that we see you that looking that back and forth up into heaven. Indeed, that we will direct you towards a Qibla that you are content with. SubhanAllah. The Lord of the worlds is saying that, oh the beloved of mine, I'm going to give you a Qibla that you are content, and the secret there is Allah had only put in the heart of the Messenger of Allah what He wanted in the first place, and so the Prophet only wanted what Allah wanted, and that is the secret of the ittihad of Allah. And as long as He was here on earth, He had to fulfill His mission to convey the message and to that convey revelation that was that given to Him to people. But then when he was given the choice to remain there to, to return to allah what would he choose he chose to return to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that that perfect balance of the outward and the inward and of all good all stations anything that you can talk about is that pleasing to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was in a human way perfect and perfectly manifested in our Prophet, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and the shortcut, if you will, to all of this is focusing on Him, loving Him, following His Sunnah, and that serving His Deen, learning what you can, putting it into practice, and it's there for us to receive, and it's easily accepted, accessible from the bounty of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, because the more that we come to love the Messenger of Allah the more that all of the virtues that were, that's supposed to acquire, are acquired. And from here, there's a secret of that love. Because they refer to love as being like na, like fire. The naar <laughs> al The fire of love burns up all of the bad character traits of the heart. The more that we love Allah, the more that we love the Messenger of Allah, the more that it burns up all of the other, the bad things, all of the refuse, everything that's not supposed to be there in the heart, so that then the heart is that polished and ready to reflect what it's going to reflect. And inshallah, that we hope that we at least take in a step in the right direction. I highly recommend from here that we purchase the book, follow it up, read it, put into practice uh, what it is that we have discussed. inshallah ta'ala, in the closing session, we'll try to bring it all together and remind ourselves of practical ways. Uh, where to go from here? May Allah Ta'ala give And bless us in all our different <laughs>